welcome to episode 17 of Thoughts from the Tinkerage. I've had a bit of an idea for a series. It's something that's kind of jumped out at me based on a couple of things that I've heard from several different podcasts just this past couple of days, in fact, not even this last week. And it's it's interesting how sometimes things will just kind of grab your attention. I have, as I've mentioned before, written kind of probably close to 100 titles for things to talk about. It, this wasn't one of them. And in fact, it's, it, it's the possibility for a series. And it's not that I want to do a series, but as I was thinking about this particular thing that was mentioned on a couple of podcasts this week, it's kind of just tapped away and then tapped away again. It made me think about something in particular. And it's that something in particular that's going to form the creation of a, a series of these podcasts. It's it's going to be every now and again. I'm not going to do them in a, a chunk. I'm just going to throw them in every now and again. And the series is all about dangerous words. Now, I'm not going to get political. I'm going to stay away from the political side of, of words. And I'm going to stay away from, uh, I'm not going down kind of, yeah, explicit words, expletives, are they dangerous or not? That's, that's possibly a discussion for another time, but I intend to keep this podcast clean and rated for anyone. Although, obviously, some of the things I talk about maybe aren't for everyone, but certainly not for children. But I don't intend having to tick the explicit box. If I have any guests and they feel a need to swear, then it'll get bleeped. I'll be telling them that. Up front, the idea of words being powerful is, is is very very old. There's a phrase that was coined in the 1830s by a, a playwright. Uh, I've got it in here somewhere. Edward Bulwer Lytton, 1839. And that phrase is one that many people know. It's the idea that the pen is mightier than the sword. Well. Don't know that it's necessarily the pen that's important there, but the word. It's interesting, isn't it? Words rearranged sword. It's that idea that I think words words can do damage. There's a nursery rhyme when I was young. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names can never hurt me. Yet we know that actually kind of words can cause damage to people. And that might be words that somebody else uses against us or something that we take as a word. And I think sometimes words, their meanings, or perhaps their true meanings, aren't necessarily very helpful. Or maybe the construed meaning of something. But certainly taking certain words, certain phrases on board, maybe taking things to heart, can be damaging. Now, the, the word I want to start with is perfect. That, that's the word. I don't, I don't mean I've got this perfect word, but the word perfect. So it's kind of a teacher joke, isn't it? Yeah, it's like saying what word is always spelt incorrectly to a class. And they try and think of all these complicated words, but the word that is always spelt incorrectly is incorrectly. Perfect has a number of meanings. I have 
a couple of definitions up here. Phrase, and have a couple of definitions. The first one being being entirely without fault or defect. No synonym for flawless. Satisfying all requirements. Corresponding to an ideal standard or an abstract concept. The idea of maybe perfect gentleman. Uh, faithfully reproducing the original. Lacking in no essential detail. That kind of yeah, the idea of this total, it's pure. It's, it's just that there's, we see so often, particularly in media, social media and kind of media outlets, where the word perfect is used to describe a, an, an outfit of clothes or a particular meal, a, a restaurant, a TV show, a film. We're constantly bombarded with the idea that we need to reach for perfection. And that's the idea, of course, of how advertising, one way of advertising works. If you wish to be perfect, you need this. If you want the perfect home, you need these fluffy cushions. If you want to make the perfect lasagna, you need this tin of tomato paste. If you want to be making perfect woodworking joints, you need this thousand dollar machine. And, and the, the problem with, I think, with perfect is that, well, nothing is. No person is perfect. Now, I do like, I do like the kind of the, the meaning that suggests something is perfect. It satisfies the requirements. So saying that somebody is, well, you're perfect for that job, you satisfy the requirements that they needed for that job. I think that, that's fair. It's a good use of the word, not particularly dangerous. But so many times we see perfection as unobtainable. And, and that's literally because perfection is unobtainable. In the media, in advertising, of course, if we, if we get that, particular car, if we get that particular kitchen gadget, if we get those particular clothes, if we get that particular type of makeup, if we follow a particular diet, we we won't reach perfection and that standard of perfection will change. Oh no, you don't need that car now, you need that car instead. You, you don't need this kitchen gadget because it only does three things. You need this kitchen gadget because it only does one, therefore it does that one thing better. Or you need the one that does 15 things. I think this is an idea that we're, we're perhaps never satisfied and we're fed that, that we should never be satisfied. I think in some ways we shouldn't sit back on our laurels, certainly not all the time. But I think it's okay to be satisfied. It's okay to be happy with what we've got. And ignore the media that says, well, we need this, we need that. I think it's important to try and make progress and to make continuous progress. That's going to be a topic for discussion at another time. But it's also okay to, to stop and say, well, actually, that's enough. I know how to have a brief conversation about where I want to go and what I want to eat in another language. I don't want to study the in-depths of the the grammar that fills a book three inches deep. 
I know how to make lasagna that tastes fine, that my family like. But I'm not going to spend the time making my own lasagna sheets, my own pasta, if I'm happy with what I've got there. Would it make it more perfect? Well, maybe. But how are you defining perfect? If the family are happy with what you've made, then that's fine. The stretch for perfection, I think, can, can sometimes push, push us on to, to do great things. But it can also hold us back. The number of people, yeah, I didn't make a community or when I was teaching. But, well, well I can't reach perfection. I, I can't get 100% of the test. I can't make these, these perfect dovetails. Therefore, why, why should I bother? Why should I try? I suspect that for many people, the unobtainable aspect of perfection is one of the key precursors to chronic procrastination. Not doing anything, not going forwards, because it doesn't matter how hard I try, I'm not going to reach perfection. And I think that's sad. There are many, many quotes about perfection. And I think there's some, some that are worth sort of considering and thinking about. There's one here from a gentleman called George Fisher. I don't know particularly who George Fisher is, but I'll maybe try and look him up. But the thing he said is something I've heard from other people, and I've heard it in a variety of different ways, and not necessarily using the words perfection, but meaning the same thing. He says, when you aim for perfection, you discover it's a moving target. Now, this, this is something that comes up in many sort of discussion groups and, and hangout type groups. We're talking about things like YouTube and Instagram, subscribe accounts, follow accounts. You know, that, with YouTube, for example, there's that I've got my first subscriber who isn't one of my family. Or I've reached 100 subscribers. I can claim my custom URL. And that, that, that's exciting. And it's, it's, it's a milestone. And then companies like TubeBuddy, well, even with the free version of it, give you little certificates for every milestone you reach. And you get people going, oh, I'd be happy if I, yeah, I get a, I'll get 100 subscribers and I get my custom URL. That would be perfect. And they get 100 subscribers and they get it nice and solid. Yeah, numbers go up and down, particularly things like bot accounts get taken up and down. And, you know, oh, oh, 200 would be nice. They get, they get 200 or 250. Well, actually 500 would be, yeah, that would just be perfect, wouldn't it? They get 500 and you get to 500, it's like, oh no, I really want 1,000 now. You know, and if I can get my 1,000 and if I can get my hours of watch time in the last year, I can, I can monetize, that would be perfect. And you get that and you kind of, every step, every time you think that would be perfect, you get to that point and it's moved on. Of course, for some people, that, that seeing that little carrot just up ahead and reaching for it, not getting there and it's moved on a little bit, just leads to continuous, continuous improvement, continuous carrying on, just doing that. But for some, it kind of goes, I, I can't get it to a thousand. I look at that channel then, yeah, they, they've got four videos out and they only started four months ago and they've already got 5,000 followers. I look at that channel there. They've been going for two years and they've got 20,000 followers and they've got less than 50. 
and people go, well, I've, I've, I've put out a hundred videos and I've, I've only got 300 followers. I've been going for three and a half years. People need to remember that everyone is different and the algorithm treats everyone differently. And yeah, how many of those people actually have kind of, you know, 500, 700, 1,000, 1,300, 1,500 people in their Facebook friends group? Yes, there are people who, who, who reach very high numbers. But how many of those people are thinking, no, actually, I, I don't want 5,000, I want, I need, I've reached 5,000, I need 10,000 now, I need 20,000, I need 100,000. And I think sometimes when we see other people making more progress, we think, well, well, they're doing perfectly well. Well, they're probably thinking, well, actually, that other channel that's got 100,000 subscribers in 18 months is, is doing perfectly well. And maybe not. It's not a case of comparatonitis. And another quote that I've mentioned I think at least once, maybe even a couple of times, is, and I certainly have used it in discussions, and it's something I've suffered from myself. Perfection is often the enemy of good. As a teacher preparing resources, I know that I've certainly perhaps spent too much time trying to get that extra little 1% of effort into a PowerPoint presentation, for example spending a long time kind of getting just the perfect picture. Well, I'm just getting one that will do. And of course, we forget that in that definition of perfect it can also include fit for purpose. And something that is fit for purpose, well, it's perfect, but it doesn't mean that it's perfect, perfect. Perfectly adequate tool, for example. Having a tool that does the job is, is is perfect. There may be better tools, may do the job quicker, but if it's what you've got, then that's perfect for the job. Just putting kind of quotes about perfect into Google and looking at some of the images that come up, you know, these kind of self-confidence type quotes. There's, there's some quite interesting ones here that I think people need to hear if they haven't. You were born to be real, not to be perfect. In reality, nothing is perfect. We might strive for perfections and some things may be better than others, but there will always be faults. No thing, no person is without fault in some way. And that's okay, because that, that's just reality. That's not putting anyone down. The next one, we are not perfect human beings, because that's impossible to be. Nor do we have to pretend to be. That's the danger, isn't it? and that's perhaps the biggest danger. People pretending to be perfect, or people suggesting that some things, having something, being a certain type of person, is what perfection is. But it is necessary for us to be the best version of ourselves we can be, of what we can be, not necessarily of what somebody else is. I'm, funnily enough, not going to knock myself, put myself down for not being able to run as fast as Usain Bolt. It's it's not. It's not something I'm going to worry about. But how many of us will see an extreme example like that and go, well, well, of course not. But maybe when we see a neighbour with a better car or somebody at work who has some aspect of their life that we think, oh, but that's just perfect. 
So different. Like being the best version of ourselves. No, perfect people aren't real and real people aren't perfect. I've said that a couple of times. And it's that idea of comparisonitis, something else I'll talk about some other time. We see that all the time with social media. We see people who maybe have spent hours getting just that perfect photograph of themselves, just the perfect light. And we think, wow, that's what their everyday is like. That's how they are. But we're seeing their best. We're seeing their showreel. And we really shouldn't try and compare our everyday to somebody else's showreel. I guess it also kind of brings to that idea that if we don't make mistakes, we, we won't make progress. There's a quote I used to have on my classroom wall. I can't remember who it was by. And it may just be one of those kind of nameless, anonymous type quotes. And it was the idea of the man who makes no mistakes makes nothing. Again, that comparisonitis, we see somebody as a maker, we, we see somebody making that, that perfect dovetail joint. I keep going back to dovetail joints. Don't know why. We, we see somebody making some, a perfect tapestry, or the perfect piece of book binding. And you think, wow. But what we don't see necessarily, and most of the time, of the lessons that they went through, the mistakes that they made, the pieces that went on the fire. I think we should, to quote Joyce Mayer, we should strive for excellence, not perfection. We don't live in a perfect world. We live in a world with many faults. I'm not even going to go there about that. We make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not be able to compare ourselves to other people. In fact, I'd say be careful of comparing ourselves to other people. Be inspired. Rather than comparing, be inspired. Be inspired by other people. Look at the things that people do and go, I could have a go at that. And it might be that you can never reach the standard somebody else has. That's okay. Again, something else that came up in several podcasts again this week and also in a Hangout that I've been in. The idea that there are some people who concentrate on just one aspect of making and there are other people who dabble in, in all sorts. I've, t- I've talked about that, the idea of jack-of-all-trades. That's, that's where I'm happiest, collecting a variety of skills. And that's perfectly okay. I know that I will never be as good at woodworking as somebody who spends all their time only doing woodworking. I'm happy with that. I I, I want variety. I I, I want to be unique. I, I don't want to be the same as, as everyone else. And of course, we are all unique. It's There's no point trying to not be unique. Like even identical twins often get dressed the same way, often find themselves being treated as if they're the same. But even they're unique. They have their own ideas and want to do their own things. Unique is good. And if we're all unique, we're perfection? Well, what does that mean? So what's the call to action this week? The call to action, I think, is to stop trying to be perfect. 
stop comparing what we do, what you do, to some idea of perfection, or more likely, somebody else's idea of perfection. Strive to be the best you can, strive for excellence, but don't let the search for perfection, which, which is a, a meaningless, impossible quest, be the enemy of, of good or the enemy of progress. So just go about your life aiming to make progress, aiming to be content with what you are. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't be trying to improve what you are and how you are and who you are. Because, again, it may be a topic for another time, but not trying to improve often leads to stagnation. I think that that's a dangerous, a dangerous path to take, just as much as overlooking, overlooking, over-searching, over-seeking, mindlessly seeking a perfection that may be defined by people that just want to sell you something. So don't worry if you don't get 100% in a test. Don't worry if the thing that you're starting to make isn't quite right. Do try to make things better. Yeah, trying to get things right isn't the same as being perfect. I know that some people will be listening to this. Uh, I need to just address this now before I wind up. Yeah, yes, there are certain times when things perfection is it's really quite perhaps something that's essential. Yeah, I, I want my doctor to perfectly understand as best he can the medications. And how they might affect my body that he might prescribe to me. I want my the pilot of a, pl- a plane that I'm on to be as well trained as possible to hopefully get every landing right. Now I don't I don't know if perfection is the right word to use there. By definition, from the dictionary, yes. But I think what I'm trying to talk about is more about perfection with regard to creativity about being a person. I don't want to be defined by somebody else's idea of perfection, ignoring critical cases like pilots and doctors. If if a pilot can only, in a simulation, hit 60% of landings without crashing, that, that isn't good enough in Simulation again, a surgeon maiming, killing 30% of the patients they're operating on. Again, that's not good enough. But if I put some ink on some paper, I'm looking to do the Inktober this year. My drawings may be looked upon by others as well, they're not very good. And yeah, to be fair, I, 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 I'm not an artist, I don't claim to be an artist. I do like creativity, but drawing is not something I practice. Therefore, by many standards, I am not very good. I'm okay with that because I don't, I'm not trying to compare myself to people. I can look at other people and go, well, that's a very good penmanship. That's excellent penmanship. But what would it mean that somebody is perfect at ink drawing? It's it's a quest I, I don't want to spend 
12 hours a day, 10,000 hours trying to master drawing. I'm content with that. What I need to work on, but it might be something that you need to work on. Again, I've seen this so many times, and I know it's something that affects me. I want things to be just right before I start something or do something. And that's a hard one to maybe to counter. I'm starting to babble a bit now. You may look back and think, well, it's been babbling for the last half an hour anyway. Strive for excellence. Strive for improvement. Stop comparing. And that, oh, it's so corny. That would just be perfect. Just keep, keep going. Keep trying. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. All the contact details are in the show notes. So I'm not going to repeat them out. And thank you for those people who've been reaching out to me and letting me know some of their thoughts about the things that I've said. Really do appreciate some of the things that people have said. It does help motivate me to keep sharing. So, well, I'm going to say is bye for now.